This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have a classic episode for you about Pavlova. Yes, <laughs> which is, you know, timing-wise, we're way off. Right, um, because in the places where it is a, a, a traditional dessert, it is a traditional dessert for Christmas. Yes, and we we even miss like Christmas in July at this point. Yeah, yeah, um, Christmas in August isn't really a thing. It should be, well, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> I used to when I was a kid. I liked that my birthday was in August because August doesn't really have a um, holiday. Uh, it's got like a few things, but it doesn't have like a big holiday. Right. And so as a kid, I was like, oh, you're okay, like, okay, I have this. Yeah, I'm gonna get the presents at this mm-hmm. point in the year. Right. <laughs> I'll get something. Yeah. And you know, school was coming and sure. I dreaded oh, like school. Yeah. Um I liked it, but that like first, you know, month when you're trying to figure out your new classes and your friends and all that stuff, it was so tense. I just dread it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I still, I, y'all, like, I t- turned 40 this year and I still have nightmares about, like, the first week of school and figuring yes. and, like, finding my way to classes. Yes, me too. I think it doesn't ever go away. I think it's just forever. Just that's it forever. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was, I mean, it was exciting because you got, well, I usually got like new gel pins and I actually got Ooh. gel pins banned and I forgot about that until someone <laughs> reminded me recently. But, you know, 
you got your jail pins, but also your nerves about the whole yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was actually on my mind, and this is kind of related to Dread, actually, because I love the show Wellington Paranormal, um, which is a spinoff show in the What We Do in the Shadows universe. Uh, and it is excellent and lovely, and it's oh. something that I, I don't normally watch TV shows on repeat because it stresses me out. Um because it feels like homework. It's like long. I like a movie that's oh, one and done. Oh, okay, and okay. Done. Because then you feel you feel obligated to like finish it again. Exactly. Oh, okay. I have to finish it. And then it becomes like, I guess I'll stay up until 5 a.m. to watch the show I've already seen. Um, <laughs> so I don't normally rewatch television mm. shows. But I rewatch this one because it's, um, it's easy to put on the background. It's really light. It's really fun. Uh, and unfortunately, it's coming to an end. They're not a sponsor, by oh, the way, in no, any way. No, I just, I just love it. But uh, in the one of the most recent episodes here in the U.S., because I know, I believe it's already aired completely uh, in New Zealand and Australia, um, called The Coolening, which was about school and about a cool jacket, a oh. cool possessed jacket Ooh. and some possessed pants. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the characters tries on Sergeant Maka, my favorite. He tries on the cool jacket and he, he says, it's so smooth, like Pavlova. <laughs> and he said, I feel like he says Pavlova. There's a syllable I don't normally put in there, <laughs> but I loved it. And I was like, Lauren, let's just rerun Pavlova. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is from a little bit later in like the saver timeline than we usually mm-hmm. pull, uh, uh, class from it's from april uh of 2019 so we were already saver which is whoa i know right that was Mm -hmm. weird um (laughs) you're right (laughs) i don't know if we've done that before no i i don't think we have um and so uh so yeah so it was it was fun to i don't know like like for for me looking back on our early food stuff days is really entertaining to kind of see the like the like developing like bone structure that we were putting together mm-hmm. that like did, wasn't quite fleshed out or like right. had a few like vesti- vestigial like limbs here and there uh mm-hmm. stuff like that and so like this is but this is like coming further closer to our current format so that was fun but this is one of those i uh, it's it's the history is so wacky. I love a competing origin story. I do as well. And it did give me such a delight to hear it in the show because it's filmed in New Zealand. Right. I was like, ah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. In, um, in the intervening years, Annie, since 2019, have you had a chance to have a Pavlova? No, I haven't. Um, I feel like I, I might have had a really mini kind of bite-sized one um but not like the the real okay the real end quotes thing well what about you uh i don't i don't think so either i honestly uh the these days i don't usually go for uh meringue based things like first it's not my first choice of a dessert mm. um although i mean it is the height of summer here um, yes. in the Northern Hemisphere while we're recording. So it's definitely a good season to create a pavlova, um, unless you're in a very humid place, and then it's probably not. 
Which we are. Which so. we are. Hmm. <laughs> but if your air conditioner works well, then maybe it's fine. I don't know. <laughs> Mine um, doesn't. <laughs> there, uh, uh, there definitely, um, I was like, you know, doing my due diligence of like, has there been any urgent uh, Pavlova news to report? Um, and I did not find any urgent Pavlova news, y'all. Um, although I did find I a number either. of really delightful looking recipes uh, that have been yeah. posted recently. So. I mean, if you need like a new Pavlova recipe, they're they're out there. People want to help you. Yes. And if you have a Pavlova recipe, yes. you know who to contact. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We need more Pavlova memories from y'all. Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, and speaking of, I guess we should let past Annie and Lauren take it away. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about Pavlova. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a little nervous, I and gotta say. You look terrified. Well, a lot of you have written in and requested this one. Uh-huh. And uh, mostly it's people arguing or, or making their case that it's either from New Zealand or Australia. I feel like this is going to be a slightly more controversial like our ice cream sundae episode. Oh, yeah. People have, they're very passionate about it. They are. Well, I mean, it's a lovely dessert and, you know, national claims to fame are culturally important. So. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I've had one. I've, I probably have. Um, I have not. I've, I've had a baked Alaska, which is similar. Yeah, I feel like I've had something at least in this ballpark. Yeah, like a, a meringue kind of thing. I definitely had a meringue time kind of thing in my <laughs> lifetime. Um, but okay, this brings us to our question. Mm -hmm. Pavlova. What is it? Well, a pavlova is a dessert that consists of a layer or layers of baked meringue topped with stuff, uh, often slices or dices of fresh fruit plus whipped cream. And when I say baked meringue, I mean egg whites that have been beaten with sugar until they're fluffy and peaky, and then baked until the mass is, like, creamy and soft and marshmallowy on the inside, but crisp and chewy on the outside with just a little bit of, like, crunchy crisp right along the edges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, often a, a light vanilla flavoring to it. Mm -hmm. uh, the fruit is often something bright and, like, a little tart to contrast with the sweetness of the meringue and add a pop of color, raspberries, strawberries, passion fruit, kiwi fruit. It's served room temperature. Uh, once you top it, you want to serve it immediately to preserve those those contrasting textures because the meringue will melt a little bit when exposed to moisture or acid. The result is lovely as a warm weather dessert. It's light and fluffy and sweet tart and just a little creamy. If you've never had one at all and you don't know what meringue is, I'd say it's a little bit like a like an angel food cake with completely different textures. Yeah, it's hard to describe. We love color theory on this show. We do. We do. And I found, uh, and we'll touch on this a little later, but um, an article about how it became this, like, show-offy dainty dessert. And mm -hmm. the, it, the fruits were chosen specifically to, like, add that pop of color against the white. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And since it's frequently a Christmas treat in New Zealand and Australia, as their warm months are their Christmas season, uh, yeah, the, the red and the green of something like strawberries and kiwi. 
mm-hmm. is often often plays in. But uh, yeah, there are endless variations. Um, any type of fruit, fresh or macerated in sugar to form like a little bit of a sauce or soaked in wine or juice or any flavored syrup you can think of. You can swap out the uh, the whipped cream for tangy yogurt or rich custard or ice cream or sorbet. Heck, freeze the whole pavlova. Pile chocolate or crunchy crumble or chopped nuts or caramel sauce or fruit curd or a drizzle of liquor on there. Basically, you know, ice cream sundae rules apply here in that there are no rules. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. You can technically make one that is sugar-free or vegan thanks to food science. And, uh, yeah, the meringue doesn't need to be plain vanilla. You can spike it with anything from, like, delicate, like, rose or orange blossom water to strong coffee or cocoa, as long as you don't muck up the chemistry too much for the meringue to set. And more on that later on. I have been there. I have been there. (laughs) I blame the humidity. Always blame the humidity. Yeah. Thank you. What about the nutrition? As always, it it depends. Uh, you know, meringue by itself is high in sugar, does have a little bit of protein. Um, your toppings can make pavlova either fairly light or fairly decadent. If you are trying to lighten yours, opt for unadulterated fresh fruit and uh, lightly sweetened or flavored yogurt instead of that whipped cream. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Numbers aren't the easiest to come by, but one thing I found so Funny, telling, and fascinating is that you can buy pre-made pavlova shells in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, the company that dominates New Zealand's market is called Cowell's Genuine Pavlova, and it makes some 70% of the commercially sold pavlova shells in the country. They make 7,000 pavlova shells every day of the week during Christmas season. Um, the holidays account for 80% of their yearly sales. And I love this one. Um, to, to help with delivery across the country— they partner with Mainland Poultry, which is an egg supplier, and this egg supplier will deliver Cowell's Pavlova along with eggs to North Island. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I like that, too. <laughs> and as we alluded to at the top, both Australia and New Zealand strongly, strongly, strongly <laughs> lay claim to the Pavlova, or Pav, as it's often shortened to. Mm-hmm. But who is right? <gasps> Intrigue. Well, we'll get into that after a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, 
and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay. All right. So, history. Did the history of the Pavlova start in Australia or in New Zealand? Everybody, take a deep breath. Neither. Oh! Probably. <laughs> Everyone's shouting at whatever device you're using to listen to this. So wait, wait. Okay, okay. Yes. Deep breaths, deep breaths. Annie, explain yourself. I'll try. <laughs> but let's talk about ballet first. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> let's, let's divert. <laughs> let's <laughs> divert for a second. It is relevant. Did you ever do ballet, Lauren? Uh, it was one of the three, like, physical activity things that my mom tried to get me into when I was very tiny, none of which stuck. Uh, yeah, because I, social anxiety is hilarious, so, like, I would get a few months into any of them and then be, and they would be like, okay, now perform for, in front of the class. And I would be like, no. <laughs> Six-year-old Lauren was like, I am not having that. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I basically did. <laughs> what were the other two? Uh, figure skating and gymnastics. Yeah, I did. I did gymnastics and ballet. Yeah. Um, I actually, I am kind of angry. I had a similar thing with gymnastics. I stuck with it for years. I did it years, years, years. And then my teacher came to my house once. Like I didn't know she was coming. She just kind of dropped oh, wow. in mm-hmm. unexpectedly and was like, "It's time for you to compete." And I was like, "I quit." <laughs> oh wow! Because I, I was so nervous. Yeah. I am like, not good enough to compete. 
I wish I had <laughs> stuck with it. But yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like you would be great at gymnastics. There's a timeline where I probably got third place somewhere. Yeah. You could you could totally actually be the winter soldier if you had stuck with gymnastics. Oh, man. You're right. Maybe my alternate persona, whoever Ooh. she is, maybe she stuck with it. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I hope everyone's calmed down <laughs> a little bit. Oh. Um, all right. All right. Ballet. Yes. In 1926, Russian ballerina Anna Pavlova was on tour in Australia and New Zealand. So, yes, spoiler alert, that is where the name of this dessert comes from. Mm -hmm. Pavlova was a worldwide bona fide huge deal at the time, and chefs around the globe named things after her. Mm -hmm. Like frog legs a la Pavlova in France, because they were like her legs. Oh, ah, yeah. that's kind of weird, It's but weird, sure. and, yeah, I, okay, I appreciate it. Okay, I'll take it. it. Pavlova ice cream in the United States. There's a recipe for a dessert called Strawberries Pavlova from 1911 out of Auckland, New Zealand. But it's not really a pavlova. It gets thrown around a lot in this debate around who, who invented it. But okay. it's not really the – I would say it shouldn't be involved. I mention it, but we should move on. Because it had the same name, but it yes. was a different dessert. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as you might guess, there are at least two versions of this origin story. <laughs> The New Zealand one goes that while Anna Pavlova was in New Zealand in 1929, a chef at a Wellington hotel wanted to create a dessert in her honor, one that was reminiscent of her tutu. Okay. Yeah, um, and her tutu at the time was, it was really beautiful. It was like um, draped in silk green roses, and it was airy and billowy. So Pavlova dessert. Pavlova, sure. Airy, okay. billowy. I don't okay. know if you can apply that to dessert, but you know, you yeah. know what I mean. No, I think I think you can. Totes. 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 Thanks. The Australian version is essentially the same thing, except the hotel was in Perth, which is the <laughs> only Australian city I have not been to. Huh. Um, and the name was inspired by a diner who proclaimed it to be light as air, like Anna Pavlova. Although, I also read that the first Australian recipe for a pavlova um, in 1926 Oh, there's so much debate about that, too. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, they just didn't call it a pavlova. So they, oh, they were okay. making a thing. That, that was this dessert. Yes. Not calling it pavlova. Right. So if you go down that vein, New Zealanders say that they coined the name, but Australia says that they invented the dessert. Okay. Yes. The name in this version came along in 1935 as a tribute to pavlova after her death courtesy of Howard Saxa at the Esplanade Hotel in Perth, uh, which is in Australia. That's all very confusing. Yes. Okay. But. But. You know who weighs in on this debate? Who? The Oxford English Dictionary. Dang. <laughs> so it warranted a curse word. It did. According to them, the first mention <laughs> of the Pavlova dessert happened in 1927, Courtesy of New Zealand's Davis Jalantine. Or should I say a dessert called pavlova because unlike our modern iteration, did not involve meringue. People argue over whether it can rightfully be called the pavlova. It was multi-layered jelly, um, but no meringue. Okay. So don't celebrate too quickly, New Zealand. A lot of people point to that. The Oxford English Dictionary does, but hold on. <laughs> Australians say 
that it was an Australian chef who thought of adding meringue to this already named pavlova dessert from New Zealand so that they should get the credit. (laughs) This is all, like, so convoluted, and I love it. But twist. Wait, there's a twist? There is a twist. Okay. According to New Zealander Dr. Andrew Paul Wood and Australian Annabelle Utrecht, uh, neither country can lay claim to it. Nope, they give it to, drumroll please, Germany, Great Britain, and USA. (laughs) (laughs) You have to say it like that. It's required. Uh, (laughs) uh, We're not trying to stir anything up. These are Australian, an Australian and a New Zealander. They spent two years digging through recipes, um, and they found recipes for meringue-based pavlova-esque cakes 150 years before Anna Pavlova ever went on this fabled tour in New Zealand and Australia. Yeah, and they were looking to prove each other wrong, by the way. They, they, like, ran into each other on a Facebook, like, fight about (laughs) New Zealand invented it. No, Australia did. And And they were like, like, fine, (laughs) we'll go research it. And then they were like, oh, 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 heck. Yeah, and they researched it. They did. They spent up to 18 hours a day delving through 20,000 newspapers and 10,000 cookbooks. <laughs> they call themselves the Doc and the Frock, and their website is lovely. Um, <laughs> it's very tongue-in-cheek, so I, I recommend it. Uh, meanwhile, meringues had been around in Europe since at least 1691. Um, recipes for it do show up in uh, France and Switzerland. Spanish uh, Wintorta, a cake of meringue, fruit, and cream, goes back to the 18th century, and the Austrian Habsburgs, who loved it, they called it, quote, one of the most stunning cakes. German immigrants brought similar recipes with them to the American Midwest. Schaumtorta, or foam cake, which was often mispronounced as charm cake, and Beze torta, or kiss cake. One thing that helped make meringue in general pretty popular, particularly among American housewives at this time, um, was the late 1800s innovation of the hand-cranked egg beater. This was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because before you might spend upwards of 45 minutes to get a meringue. Oh, yeah, just hand-beating those egg whites. Um, I mean, even now, you'll probably spend about 20 minutes beating egg whites with an electric beater, like yeah. like 10 to 20, depending on, you know, your ferocity. <laughs> your ferocity or your electric beater's ferocity. Uh, you know, honestly, it's both. <laughs> You've got to work together. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I think we saw one of these um, hand crake egg beaters. Yeah. At, the, at SoFab, yeah. the um, Southern, Southern Food and Beverage Museum. That one, yes. Yes. Um, it was a lovely, lovely museum. It had a table full of what looked like torture devices. That are actually just old cooking devices that you can play with. Yep. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. It, that's in New Orleans. Yes. Um, Don Thornton called this hand Craig egg beater America's greatest invention. Ooh. Yeah. Strong words. I mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. So, if okay, if this is true, how, yeah. did, how did this not-yet-named Pavlova pavlova-type dessert make its way to Australia and New Zealand? Back of a cornstarch box. (laughs) Yeah? Yep. (laughs) That's according to the two researchers. And, I mean, you can, yeah, it seems legit. (laughs) So 
Cornstarch is a generally accepted ingredient in pavlova. Mm -hmm. And an American cornstarch company, William Duryea's Maizena, circa 1864, put a recipe for pavlova on its box to showcase something that you could make with it. And at some point exported this product to New Zealand sometime in the 1890s. That's what is believed. By 1940, New Zealand cookbooks had 21 recipes for pavlova. Australia didn't get a printed one until that same year. Again, that is disputed because of the name and the what it actually is. Uh, okay, uh, okay, uh, sure. Yes, um, yeah, some people, going back to that 1935, that hotel in Perth, say that that was pavlova. It was just a pavlova by a different name. <laughs> anyway... If we go back to the U.S., in the 1940s, we get forgotten cake, which is a meringue cake that is placed in an oven set to high heat. It's turned off and uh, left for eight hours. Forgotten. And there was a shift here because the cake went from one with fruit jelly filling to a meringue topped with cream and fruit. Huh. Yes. Okay. Right before we came in to record, I found this academic paper on ironic nationalism and performative feminism and pavlova. I'm so angry I found it right before we came in. But it touched on how this dessert took a hit because of egg rationing during wartime. And then um, it experienced this post-war rebound. And it kind of became, for for a little while, this dessert that was associated with, like, showiness, like dinner parties. It, it was expensive. And it was, a, it was a way for women particularly to, like, show off their kind of femininity, which is what you wanted. Oh, sure, yeah. So sort of like uh, sort of like aspics and yes. um, and other gel- and gelatin desserts, um, right? Over here, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You were showing like, look at uh, this beautiful thing. Look at the time and money I have to spend doing this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and this paper said that by the 1950s, Pavlova's popularity had solidified in both countries. Oh, with this solidified popularity. In the mid-60s, this British couple who were living in Dunedin, New Zealand, founded Cowell's Coffee Shop. And this cafe's pavlovas became so popular that they wound up opening dedicated bakeries starting in the 1970s and began distributing to supermarkets all over the country. In 1985, both New Zealand and Australia nominated the pavlova for a fundraiser when asked by Samoa, um, to bring, like, a national dessert. Oh. And when David Burton wrote about it, he said, quote, the fury resounded in the national press of both countries. <laughs> the fury. I love it. Oh, resounding fury. Mm-hmm. I found a commercial for a New Zealand insurance company that claimed, everyone is always stealing your stuff, New Zealand. That's why you need insurance. And it ended on an image of the pavlova. <laughs> Snap. Yep. (laughs) Insurance company snap. I love it. I know. Okay. (laughs) So this this is what we present to you. Uh Uh-huh. Again, researchers, we are just, we find the information and um, we put it out there. Yes. Uh, We're not taking sides. Mm -mm. We, you know. Yeah, I apologize about my very triumphant USA champ. (laughs) But that wasn't me taking a side. <laughs> it was just dramatic reading of the facts. Yeah. I like a dramatic reading. I think everyone who listens to the show yes. probably knows that. Probably. You're both winners in our book, though, New Zealand and Australia, because you took this dessert and you ran with it. Yes. No one embraced it with the same fervor as you did. No. Oh. Well, okay. 
This debate is certainly enough to have kept all of us on our toes. Belly button. <laughs> um, another thing that can keep you on your proverbial toes is um, is the, the anxiety that creating a pavlova mm-hmm. can create in you. Luckily, there's some science to help you out. And we'll be back with that after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we are back with another eggy science segment. More egg science. More egg science. Because meringue, y'all, is persnickety. Mm -hmm. Um, What you're aiming to do here is beat your egg whites and sugar together until they're just stiff enough to hold up in the oven uh, until the heat can firm them and set the structure. If you underbeat, you'll get soft, collapsed gloop. And if you overbeat, you'll get stiff, collapsed gloop. So let's break down the science of what's happening when you make meringue, and then we'll add in some uh, some troubleshooting tips toward the end. Sounds good. Okay. So when you're making a meringue, for a pavlova or any other purpose, you're only using the whites of the egg, and that's because the yolks contain fats, which would ruin the structure. Egg whites are about 90% water and 10% protein. And now what you're looking to do here is create a network of stable bubbles in those egg whites. Uh, think think of that foamy texture of meringue. Um, it's exactly the way that bubbles in, like, straight-up water do not behave. Because you, you can use a whip to beat air bubbles into water, but they'll release out quickly. Uh, water molecules stick together, electrically speaking, and, and push air out. But in an egg white, you've got those proteins to work with. Uh, a thing that we didn't get to talk about in our deviled egg episode was how those proteins behave when you expose them to manual whipping. Um, But as it turns out, it's pretty much the same thing that happens during heating. Um, Because heating, after all, means you're agitating the molecules of a substance. You're making them bounce around into each other. Either manual or heat agitation results in the proteins and egg whites unfurling. These proteins are our chains that contain both hydrophilic bits and hydrophobic bits. They start out curled up in these wee bundles with their with their water-loving bits on the outside hanging on to the egg whites water molecules and the water-fearing bits safe and wrapped up on the inside. Agitation makes them unfurl, and uh, once unfurled, the water-fearing bits will start connecting up with one another, forming a sort of a lattice or, or matrix. And you want to start with room temperature eggs for this reason, because cold egg proteins will take longer to unfurl and link up. Extra arm time. Don't want it. No. Or maybe you do. I mean, you know. You're looking for a workout? You choose your battles. (laughs) Meanwhile, the other thing that's happening during whipping is that you're introducing pockets of air into the mix. And now it might sound counterintuitive, but the air adds structure. That's because the air gives the water-fearing bits something to move toward and something to kind of shape themselves around, the water-loving bits will happily grab onto the water molecules, um, and the water-fearing bits will therefore kind of stick out into the air all willy-nilly. But then they can link up, uh, forming their own, like, wee safe surfaces around the air bubbles away from the water. This also, like, like elbow holds the water molecules far enough away from one another that their electrical attraction will lessen, and they'll be okay with, like, spreading out and allowing the air bubbles to, to hang around. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. You can think of it like a, okay, like if you're a shy nerd in a group of outgoing nerds. Okay. Like, just for example, not from personal experience at all. No. If you're, like, a sci-fi weirdo who's hanging out with a bunch of, like, theater weirdos, mm. okay, mm-hmm. you all go to a party. The shy one, you know, me, maybe. Just, you know, in this example, in this hypothetically, example, hypothetically yeah. it's going to kind of stick in the middle of the click until some kind of action exposes you to air. And then you're like, oh, oh, this this is great, actually. And oh, is that a person wearing a Buffy T-shirt? Let me make fast friends with them. Yeah. And so the, the two social fearing folks form a solid but like maybe kind of at arm's length 
bond with each other, mm-hmm. their own little air pocket, if you will, yeah. while the social loving folks will bond up in the thick of the crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Definitely <laughs> not not you. No, I... Mm, <clears throat> so anyway, mm-hmm. then to this mixture, the egg whites more than the people, mm-hmm. you add sugar um, because sugar will, will keep the structure stable by also bonding with the water molecules and preventing them from evaporating out uh, so quickly during baking. The same goes for adding a little bit of cornstarch. Um, and in, in our metaphor, I guess this is like how adding booze to a party will help keep people around? Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. You don't want to add this, the sugar or cornstarch too early, though, because it will interfere with the with the protein structure setting up. Same with booze, I guess, really. Like, too much too early is not helpful to a party. Nope. But it'll be an interesting <laughs> story later. <laughs> I guess it does depend on what kind of party you're looking for. <laughs> um, okay, so once you've got this uh, sugar and egg white mixture, uh, baking it at a nice low temperature uh, will let those egg proteins stiffen up and set the meringue. And I, I don't, I, I think my metaphor is collapsing at that part. But speaking of collapsing, mm-hmm. like I said at the top of the section, uh, under or overbeating can lead to a, a sad flat pavlova. In the case of overbeating, you've, you've forced your proteins to make too many connections with one another, which can force water out of the structure. And you do need the water in there because uh, when it escapes as steam during cooking, after the structure has set, uh, it leaves little air pockets where the water used to be, creating a, a foamier foam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so so you, can, you can prevent overbeating by adding a little vinegar or lemon juice or like whatever acid to the meringue batter which will neutralize some of the protein molecules and prevent them from, from linking up too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing that will interfere with the structure is fats. They'll, they'll coat the air bubbles and prevent your, your proteins from linking up correctly, which means that for best results, uh, don't touch your egg whites with your dirty human hands while you're separating them because oils on your fingers can make their way in that way. Also, make sure that no egg yolk gets in. That's the part that contains the fats. And use a metal or glass bowl to whip in. Uh, Fats stick to plastics more readily than to metal or glass, so plastic bowls, no matter how well you wash them, um, can spell doom. Doom! Not doom. Doom. For extra best results, uh, wipe down your bowl with a little bit of lemon juice before you start. Oh. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. If you suspect that you have overbeaten your eggs, like they're clumping and kind of leaking water— you can add a fresh egg white and beat again until the mixture is shiny and smooth. Or you can try that. I mean, it, it, it's not guaranteed, but it might uh, help. Okay, good to know. Yeah. And if, against all efforts, your meringue cracks or deflates in the oven, look, y'all, like, it might be less pretty, but, like, it's probably still going to taste okay. Um, you might need a little bit more, like, wet topping, like whipped cream or whatever, to make up the texture. No nose. More whipped cream. <laughs> that sounds like hell to me. <laughs> I love whipped cream. I love whipped cream. There's nothing bad about it. Oh, oh man. So I nice. do that episode. Ooh, oh geez. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's my eggy science segment. Love it. I yeah. I've I've successfully made meringue once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> but I did do it, like, usually recipes, the, the good ones will say, like, yeah, use the use a metal bowl and make mm-hmm. sure it's clean and all of those things. Add a little cornstarch, do the, yeah, a mm-hmm. little, little bit of acid, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's good to know why. It is. It is good. I, I love, I just take for granted, oh, this is how you do it. And yeah. now I learn so much from you, Lauren. Aw, I learned so much from you. That's why we make a great team. It is. A great podcasting team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perhaps a controversial topic we presented, but. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's okay, yeah. And and I think I think we made our way through it fairly well. I think so. I always love I I love when I find out a dessert or a food is named after somebody. That's one of my favorite things. Oh yeah, yeah. She. I yeah, I, I hope that I hope that somehow like someone some like someone somewhere appreciates the legacy of their relative having this. Ooh, oh, I would. Yeah, I've said before about one of my <laughs> goals is to have a food named after me. I want a sandwich or something. <laughs> Well, we're working towards it every day, <laughs> yes. every episode. Yes. <laughs> Getting one step closer, one step closer. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this classic episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed revisiting it. And yeah, if you have any recipes or memories you'd like to share, I know we got some great messages the first time around. Yeah. But if there's any, any more uh you know, send them our way. We want to hear them. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yes. You can email us at hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. 
How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts